Happy Sunday, my friend. Thank you to you as well. A day, a day ahead. Hope your Sunday was was good as you went through it. Oh, great. We played board games. Nice. You know, and that was kind of it. That's that was my whole achievement. Went to the bookstore, played board games, mate. That was that was a good Sunday. Oh, any in particular that you're playing right now? Uh King of Tokyo. I haven't heard of that one. No, me neither, but it's basically you can win by points or you kill everybody else. So you can understand okay. what everybody tries to do. Well, I'm sure there was a lot of collaboration, a lot of teamwork in that one. Yeah, that's 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 it. Everybody's like kind of stood up, like looking over what everybody's got. It, it, yeah, it yeah. got a little it got a little serious. But dude, yeah. I'm um, I'm fascinated at what you do. You know, some mm. things you come across, you come across people and you 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 take a little peek behind the curtain, you're like, wow, okay. This is um this is pretty cool. So what what do you do, mate? I love that analogy of peeking behind the curtain because that's exactly what it is. And I think that's some of what you see as well. Um, What's going on under everything? Because usually when a person comes in and I'm meeting them for the first time, you go through a bit of a case formulation. You're going through what are these presenting concerns you're bringing me? And it starts pretty surface level of you know, this is what's going wrong in my job, or this is what's going wrong in my relationship. This is what I'm struggling with personally. And after you get to really know that person after a several sessions, you start to notice the underlying patterns of thought. You understand the underlying patterns of how they cope with emotions or what's going on in their history and how is it being brought into the present. So it's a really, really cool job. I liken it to like if I'm a people watcher. So like I'm that creepy person sitting in, in the corner of Starbucks, just watching you and watching inter- your interactions. And I think that is my personality. And that's what brought me into this. Cause now I get to ask you those questions. I don't get to just observe you. I get to actually watch you and listen to you and unfold and have these conversations, which is, I think the most amazing job in the world. Mm. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, you, you get to, uh, unlayer people and you get mm-hmm. to understand who they truly are rather than the bullshit that they just slap on you know yeah. it's like okay great you, you told me an initial thing fantastic are we going to get to the mm-hmm. real thing yet or am I going to have to <laughs> coax it out of you you know and you're like yeah. oh, sweet it's going to have to be the latter one <laughs> I I think people are totally incredible and even the ones that you really need to coax out there's something that has brought them there to you to have that conversation. That's what I keep trying to keep in mind. Even when you're really frustrated in a conversation, if they're getting frustrated at you, you're feeling yourself getting frustrated at them, pulling back and going, this person has come to you, sought you out for a reason. They're just scared of maybe going that deep or there's some sort of obstacle from letting you fully in. And it opens up even those conversations of, okay, we've we've spent you know five sessions talking about your boss, or we've talked, we've spent all of this time talking about why things are going wrong. Can we, is it time to go a little bit deeper? And sometimes it's not, sometimes it takes months to actually get that person to be okay with you. You're a brand new person, you're a stranger and they need to, they need to kind of size you up and and figure out if you're going to be the person that they're going to unpack all of this stuff that maybe they've never talked about before in their life. And I have a lot of compassion there um, for people just showing up week after week, even if it is surface level for a few months, they're coming back to you for a reason. It's 
my responsibility to make sure that space stays safe. So if they are in a place where they can share, they're able to. Do you think they're scared of you or do you think they're scared of themselves? Oh, I love that question. Maybe a little bit of both. I think it depends definitely on the person. I mean, how many of us have heard from external sources how worthless we are? Or, um, I mean, that's a large part of where it starts from. A lot of the times our negative sense of self started with other people's words, um, whether it was a bad relationship, whether it was, you know, adverse childhood experiences, one traumatic event, something kickstarted a lot of those negative self-concepts a lot of the time, especially if they are chronic. When we go back, we, where have I heard this before? Was I the first person to tell myself self this, or did I hear that somewhere else? And once you can get to that, once you can get them to a place where they can safely make those connections, that's where a lot of the magic happens of, whoa, I don't have to hold on to all of this. I actually can let a lot of this language go because I didn't choose for it to be there. Someone else really um, manipulated or got into my head to put some, to plant some of these, these thoughts there and they're not serving me. Wow. That's fascinating. Do you think it's always from, um, verbal communication or do you think sometimes it can come from environmental? I think it can come from both. Um, I think the deep seated ones are actually very nonverbal. Um, they kind of get steeped into us, whether it's society, whether it's uh, cultural pressures, you name it. Um, and a lot of the time, it's just this unvoiced expectation that we have or we believe is being put on us. And it might be, a lot of it might be miscommunication in some circumstances where we really believe that others are expecting the world from us. And in reality, they're not. Um, but for whatever reason, we took the cues and we took the signals to mean something else. And so all of a sudden, we've got this cage around us that we're not allowed to escape. We're not allowed to be a different version. We have to be stuck in this version or else we're going to let all of these important people down. And that can be really, really hard. I think that the word that you said of miscommunication is is beautiful and it's hit the nail on the head right like um mm. when I first got into this this coaching thing you know kind of adult PE you know I didn't mm. really uh <laughs> take communication that seriously being from the northwest it's just we speak yeah. a little bit brash a little bit harsh swear mm. like a sailor and shoot straight you know straight from the hip and let's fucking do it you yeah. know and uh, a lot of people take that a little bit left field you know it's like oh that's a bit too aggressive a little mm. bit too harsh, you know, and um, I didn't understand the fragility of words. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Sometimes you've got to coax them out and really be meticulous about the words that you choose to vibrate out of your mouth, right? And mm. to an extent, I still understand it slightly, kind of. I'm like, well, it's only words at the end of the day. And it's like, yeah, but it's the... the uh, it's the emotion triggered by it. You know, it's people can empathize with certain communication styles. And and if I only choose one, then I'm just going to kind of take one type of person and the rest of them are just going to be discarded. Right. And I think um, mm -hmm. the more you think about situations of miscommunication, the more you can understand, Oh shit. Yeah. We are just 
living in an environment in our head mm. that really isn't reality, but because of a, a miscommunication or a word that we choose to use or even speak to ourselves, right? And you're like, oh, shit, all this is just miscommunicated. You know, yeah. if we were able to be kind of vulnerable, raw, honest, even explain the Basically, if you can't explain yourself fully, which I'm pretty much demonstrating now, you know, you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is the way it is rather than, oh, I'm just going to fire a term out there. Like, mm. no, if, if that's only 70% hitting the nail on the head and, the, and making your point, just let you know, oh, this is kind of what I'm I'm dealing with, you know, and we yeah. can then communicate in a non-verbal way within people. You know, it's that's, again, another thing that coaching has taught me, that non-verbal communication. Um, and it's, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, totally. Um, I am a recovering people pleaser and I'm always looking at the nonverbal cues people are giving me. Right. So if someone is if I'm talking with someone in a meeting and they're glancing at the clock, I'm going to shut right down and I'm mm -hmm. going to make sure that I'm wrapping up what I have to say. Cause now I'm, I'm interpreting you looking at the clock as, okay, when is this lady going to get out of my office? When in reality, that person's probably just like, oh, make take, like keeping to time. I've got another appointment. I, I care about that person as well. And I don't want to waste their time. It's not about me. Um, so yeah, like that miscommunication of even the nonverbals, it doesn't even have to be something we've said, but just something we've done. So I'm trying to practice asking more of, oh, like, are we, are we good? Are we okay to time? Is there, um, and then I don't feel the need to try to mind read what that person is communicating to me. Mm. Like you said, you said it very, very well of like, we're all living in these worlds in ourselves. Um, and un unless we communicate with that person, that like, that's how, how we form a bridge. And it might not be that your side of the bridge might look a lot different than my side of the bridge, but if we can come in the middle, that's where a lot of great things start to happen because to your point, if I'm the opposite, if I'm a really soft-spoken person and have a lot of um, struggle being assertive and I'm coming and communicating with you and you you fully embrace that assertiveness, we can still have a conversation, but it's going to take some clear communication, right? And then um, through that conversation, hopefully we can feel each other out. And I think that's what's lovely, like not having to be one way with a certain person or not having to necessarily change our views or change our the way we interact, but having compassion that another person might have a different way of communicating and might misinterpret what I'm saying. So again, if I'm sitting with someone and I see them start to shut down, I'm going to ask that question of like, I'm noticing a shift in, in your eye contact in the way that you're talking to me did I say something that might have been like put you in a space where you're not comfortable talking to me anymore and nine times out of ten that's going to lead to a really really meaningful conversation where oh yeah you said this thing and it reminded me of my mom and remind me of what my mom used to say to me when I was little oh let's talk more about that a lot of projection right um and it goes both ways, both with a clinician, because we're human beings as well, and, and with your client onto you. So I'm fully aware that 
I know I'm bringing myself as a human and all of my history into a session. We try to be as professional as we can, but at the end of the day, we're not robots and we're not meant to be. That's how this works. We're in the business of, and you are as well, business of humans and, and those interactions are going to be messy at times and there's nothing wrong with that. 100%, you know, like the key number one is just to admit when you're wrong, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. yo, listen, guys, I'm going to get things wrong. You know, we all fuck up. I'm an absolute walking fuck up. So <laughs> let's uh, let's try and figure this out, you know, and if I say something that, that you don't like, let me know like I don't take anything seriously I'm not going to be like offended or anything you know and it's um I guess it's it's down to us as quote-unquote the professional right to create an environment where somebody feels comfortable enough to to tell you you know be like Mm -hmm. hey actually I don't feel comfortable doing this today or saying Mm -hmm. this today or opening up today you're like fantastic what what are we what are we at today what do you want to do like sweet let's do that today you know because it's it's something is better than nothing yeah it's so empowering being able to have that choice of i'm yeah. not on it today i'm having a crappy day i'm 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 not into doing all of the work that i thought i was going to there's a lot of empowerment that can come from that and that's why um i think there's a big misconception in the therapy world uh, that therapists are there to to fix you and to give you the strategies and the tools. You're going to walk out after 10 sessions and you're going to be a, um, the perfect normal human being. Um, And I think any clinician worth their salt is going to completely turn that myth on their head when you sit with them. And it's going to maybe be frustrating for a lot of people first um, that no, there's nothing I can prescribe you. There's no homework I can give you. That's going to be, the magic, you are the magic. And it's mm-hmm. going to be through conversation and actually you bringing your expertise of yourself and being willing to have these hard conversations that that's where growth comes from. There's nothing that I can say. There's nothing that I can do unless you're willing and able to sit with that. Um, and a lot of the times I have had clients get really, really frustrated. Like you're, why am I not fixed? Why am I not healed? Why am I still feeling broken? Well, let's look at the history of what you've been through. Yeah, I feel pretty broken myself. Mm. What is healing? What does that even mean? What are you expecting on the other side of this of this journey? Um, so that that's really tough too, of when you feel like that person is expecting some this idea of healing that just isn't realistic. Uh, we're never going to get back. If we've been through something traumatic, if we've been through grief, there's no going backwards. Like we can't push restart and try again. Um, what we're hoping to do is build resilience and an understanding and a new sense of the world through what we've been through, learn how to deal with some of those things in our mind or in our body that are going to serve us a little bit better figure out some strategies that are going to work a little bit better than, than maybe what was serving us in the past. Um, Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of the times flipping that switch for the, for the person that I'm sitting with um, because, well, why do I do these things? Why do I keep on avoiding? Why do I keep drinking? Why do I keep on using? Well, that was of service to you when you were going through something traumatic. It's just now a problem because you're on the other side of it. 
Mm. It seems like sometimes they expect us to be directors and not facilitators. Mm. You know, we're, we're supposed to plant the seed, but they're supposed to bloody water it at the end of the day. You know, like yeah. you, we're dealing with adults, not babies, and sometimes they want us to baby them. You're like, yo, that's why I like fitness at the end of the day. I was like, mm. that's a barbell, mate, and I can't pick it up for you because guess what? That means I've done it. Yeah. You know, it's so simple and, and slaps you in the face. You know, it, it kind of teaches you of like, okay, fantastic. Like maybe we should be going in this direction today, guys. And then mm. they kind of choose their thing and they, they go do it. And you're like, mega, but you did the work. Like that's all on you, man. Like you've got to come in and do that. And now because you've done that zero to 60 minutes, now you've got to go do that work outside of the gym, you know, and mm. that's going to come in many, many different forms, you know, but essentially it's, it's on you. You know, you got to drink from that water. It might be our job to lead the horse there, but they're the horse. They got to drink, yeah. and we're the horse as well in our own lives, right? We have to drink. Totally. We have to do the work. It's, you know, the right thing is always the right thing, but the right thing is usually the hard thing. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Um, <laughs> I I love how you bring that up. Of we have to do the work ourselves, like just because uh, you might be a coach or or whatever mental health, physical, otherwise, does not mean you're doing all the right things all of the times, right? Um, I know that I tend to withdraw and avoid things when I get super, super overwhelmed. I recognize that in myself. And yeah, I might binge watch Netflix all Saturday when I'm going through a hard time. I know I'm doing that. And I'm going, I'm allowing myself to do that. I won't let myself do it days on end. But yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like, I am going to do the, the terrible thing right now. And I'm going to just do this. And, and I'm fully accepting all of the consequences that come with it. And I think that's also a lovely thing for people to hear that we are not some wizards that have figured out life and we're never struggling. And we're never not like doing the hard work. Sometimes we take the easy way out um, because life gets hard. Um, there's just a shorter turnaround and there's a different sense of how I'm communicating to myself versus maybe when I was using avoidance before and it wasn't a healthy way to avoid. Mm. I like that a lot, the way you communicate to yourself, because that's usually the killer, right? You know, in the literal yes. sense and, and metaphorical sense, because people mask their emotion and their thoughts from their own self by masking with something external, right? Whether it's a substance, whether it's a vice, yeah. whatever it is. And the next thing, you know, you're just digging your own grave and you're like, yo, dude, like, okay, you started digging a hole, you put yourself in it. Just acknowledge mm -hmm. that you're in a bloody hole. That's okay. You know, you can just say, oh, guys, I'm, I'm fucked up, you know? Uh, but you got to say that to the mirror first. You know, it doesn't yes. matter who else you talk to. Like, you've got to be able to look yourself in the eye and be like, yeah, fair enough. We, we went left and we should have gone right. And mm. we've now ran down that left corridor and you're like, oh, I've got to turn around and make the long journey back. And yeah, that's the point. Like it's the lessons you end up learning along the way. And and I don't understand the, the thought process of everybody needs to be quote unquote perfect, right? And never mm. have failed or, or done something deemed as unnoble. You know, yes. I was like, that yeah, means you're human. Congratulations, you're experiencing this thing called life. You know, like you had a 50-50 shot and you chose the wrong one. Like, mm -hmm. so what, man? Like, learn from it, 
Okay, sweet. Probably don't do it again. You know, if your mother was around and slap you on the back of the wrist, <laughs> you know, and just crack on and, and, and go again, you know, and guess what? You might fail again. All right, sweet. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Mm-hmm. You know, it but it's the the talking to yourself that is that is a beautiful point and that's really, really gay. It it's really hard to even identify that it's coming from yourself, right? A, a lot of the times it might be the words in your head, but you might make the excuse of, oh, like my boss or my partner expects me to be this way. Um, it's almost easier to externalize the problem than make it an inner problem because if it's an inner problem, well, then we have to do the work. We have to yeah. figure out how to how to change this whole thing. And that's super hard, especially when you're living in a modern society where it glorifies perfection and only the end product. Um, you know, I'm the more I scroll through Instagram, just you get sucked in. Even when I know all of these things, you start looking at these beautiful places and these beautiful people. Um, and you go, Oh damn, like these, people have it all together. What are they doing? Am I even on the right path? And then you hold, go, hold on. Well, how many times did it take to get that picture? Mm-hmm. Are they actually enjoying themselves when they're there? What else? What is the context around this photo? And we miss all of that. We miss all of the lead up. We miss all of the other parts, but that is our world. We only see end products. A lot of the time we only see snippets of like podcasts or snippets of what someone says, snippets of their life. And we put those all together, only showing that perfect, quote unquote, side of ourselves, not showing the hard work. We never glorify the hard work of, well, I failed 99 times before I got this one right. We don't see all that. We cover it all up. Um, And it's so momentary. So even when we do get that perfect shot or do get that perfect moment, it's hard to even feel satisfied with it. We're on to the next thing. Well, I've got to keep going. I've got to get the next best thing. I've got to do this over again. I've got to replicate it. It's exhausting. It's like, it's, I think it's time for us to get off of that wheel of this perpetuating idea, like unrealistic idea of profession. Cause no one is that mm-hmm. there's no one that's living that life that is happy all of the time. 100%. It just isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, we we hear a lot of things taken out of context. And I always mm-hmm. think if something's taken out of context, it just becomes noise. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not actual, it's not actually anything. You know, it's just shouting. And if we're always looking at things out of context, and it's just this perpetual noise everywhere. And you're like, well, yeah, but what are you listening to? What are you understanding? What are you like learning? It's like, fuck all is the answer. Because you're just <laughs> listening to sound. You know, and you're like, okay, well, you're getting riled up about nothing. Mm. You know, you might have heard one little thing, one sentence from somebody. And because it's out of context, you think they've gone down a racist, misogynist path, which maybe yeah. they have, but yeah. what, whatever. They go down that path. But in fact, they were making a completely different point. And the next thing, you know, we're all hyped up over nothing. You're like, mm. guys, how about we spend a little bit less time, you know, getting fired up over bullshit. And we spend mm-hmm. a little bit more time just thinking, you know, because I think um, I think human beings are quite beautiful. You know, if you mm-hmm. give somebody the time and space and the environment and the, the feeling of being comfortable and safe, then usually people have something interesting to say, you know, because we, we've all had 
we've all had experiences. We've all we've all done some things, been some places that we shouldn't have and we should have. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've all created some sort of story up until now, and we're carry on writing until you know they throw dirt on us and and that that book's over. And I think that's the again the point. You know, just spend a little bit more time with yourself, and then once you can do that, and you understand who this 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 creature is and this person you are, then we can understand other people a little bit more, right? Rather than oh, I'm gonna take this one snippet and oh, the next thing you know, like Lauren's an asshole. You like you yeah. don't know who the hell she is. Totally. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And you have to catch yourself. We all have these biases. We all have these tendencies to think a certain way or think we are that person, believe we fully embody one voice, one thought. Um, I think some of that comes from a sense of wanting to belong to something. And it's really hard to step back and not be a part of the group voice um, when like you're saying, when we see these snippets of whatever taken out of context, we have this gut almost instinct to become enraged or to go, yes, absolutely, this person got it right. And very, very rarely do we ask the question of, well, hold up, what what was this person actually trying to say? What was the other person they were talking to trying to say? Are there some questions here? that have gone unanswered, what have they experienced and how did they arrive to that a point they're saying, what did they say after the fact? We're not asking those questions. Instead, we're just hopping on to the bandwagon that we believe we should uh, be on. And that means that anyone who has a thought outside of this bandwagon I'm on is wrong. Um, and that goes either way. That's a really, really hard position to be in because then you're not going to have conversations with the other side. Why would you? That person's wrong. It's not worth my while if I've labeled them wrong to have a conversation. Um, I'm with you. I think human beings are beautiful. I, I think if we all would lead with our heart, our mind, um, and leave the bullshit at the door, and by bullshit, I mean all of those labels that we think are the right ones, whether it's a political label, whether whatever it is, mm-hmm. leaving it at the door and just seeing the human being on the other side. And it allows us to hear their points a little bit deeper instead of reacting with anger or resistance, asking questions and seeing where you agree. Like we're at the end of the day. We are, you know, flesh sacks. We all are. And you might have different thoughts in that flesh sack, but I won't know if I've already written you off. Mm. And that only keeps me in my bubble, right? It doesn't do anything to you to throw anger at you. It doesn't change your life. You don't care. Um, But I've then become hooked onto you. You are now um, in more personal disagreements. You definitely get hooked into that person is wrong and I'm not going to do anything that person does because everything they do is wrong. And now you're living your life based on that hook. And so without you even recognizing it, you're living because of that person and everything they do is informing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It is far better. It's in your interest far more to completely unhook and go, Hey, they're living their life. I don't agree with everything. They're still, you know, a human being worth 
love and kindness and compassion. And I'm going to go do my thing over here based on what's going on for me and what I hold to be of value. That's really hard for us to do. Do you think it's a defense mechanism? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I it's it's come and I think it's also an instinct. I think we for as long as we've been around have been a community driven species. We have done better when we are in a group because there are like if we go back you know way 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 back and there were all these predators and we didn't have these dwellings and we didn't have all of the security that we have in modern day if you were found alone you know with all of these things that could potentially be of danger to you you were likely going to perish mm. you were far more likely to make it if you were in a group and i think that instinct has stayed with us so when we feel like we're not we're being judged or there someone thinks we're doing something wrong i think there's a human instinct to try to get back in good in the good graces of those people um and to a point yes the community is important and there's different ways to have that healthy community and definitely share in the same sense of ideas it just becomes a problem when we become locked into one group versus another that can be really really tricky and again coming from a place of where i come from i'm always looking at where did this start where did the sense of belonging start because there's this healthy sense of belonging and then there's this this need for it and not quite ever being sure that i have it and this constant need for reassurance that i am belonging um and oftentimes that's more present in your history and, and what what's gone on for you to feel like this belonging could go away at any minute so that that often belonging is oftentimes part of the conversation that i'm having with people mm. that's fascinating boss i got i got three questions yeah what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received Don't take yourself too seriously. Mm. You're, you, when you can step outside of yourself and thinking that because I have this accreditation or because I sought this path in life, because I didn't do these things in life, doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day. There's going to be someone else that's done a different path that you might have stayed away from, but they've got such... Oh, ideas and beauty. Um, if you just be willing to sit with it and not put yourself on a pedestal. 100%. Nobody's better than anybody else. Exactly. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? Uh, stop wearing your heart on your sleeve. Oish. Keep, keep keep your ideas and thoughts close to you until you figure out who you're dealing with. I thought for a long time that that was really good advice. Um, and to an extent, I'm not going to share my whole life story with the first person I meet. But at the same time, I'm going to give that person some access to who I am um, and not go through life guarded. I mean, that's just a, 
it's a really miserable way to go through life thinking that everyone is out to do you wrong. I, I, I've tried to flip that. Um, and I'm in a space now where I think that I, I'm really hopeful and really optimistic at mm. what humans are, are capable of and, and leading that way has definitely brought a lot more happiness into my life. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Not wearing your heart on your sleeve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd, I'd kick that to the fucking curb. Yeah, you, you know. said it. Put it on your sleeve. Speak from it as often as you can. Yeah. And if people don't like them, fuck them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sorry, that's a very northern way of putting things. But anyway. Yeah. Um, last question. What are the three words you would tell you yourself? Hmm. Three words. You are enough. Mm. Uh, I I came from a world of really high expectations of you gotta, especially academically, of, of you've got to push and do better. And if you did, if you got you know an A on that paper, you gotta get an A plus on the next one. You can't let up. Um, and so a lot of times when I was met with failure, when I screwed up, it devastated my whole sense of self-worth and for a long time. Um, and it's only now that I'm an adult that I can look back and go, hey, you were enough. And even if you had completely failed, if you even if you hadn't graduated on time, like worst case scenario, all those nightmares that I had, all that stress that kept me up and kept me going, you would have still survived and you would have been just as worthwhile as you are now. Uh, I think that my younger self needed to hear that and didn't need to have the pressure of the world. Uh, and I, I don't, I know I'm not alone in that. Um, I work as, you know, a secondary school counselor and day in, day out, you, you feel the pressure that are, that our youth are feeling and us needing to hustle, needing to, you know, do better, just be better. Um, and I, I just ask, like, to what, what, to what cost? Like, what are we willing to give up in order to, you know, get that extra percent? It's it, it's tough. All right, thank you so much. You know, this has been an honor, a privilege, one that I've been really looking forward to for a few weeks now. So I just want to say thank you, and uh, mate, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it. Thank you, Alex. Um, I've listened to your podcast, and you're your way of talking and just so casually, so informally, I, I know it's going to reach a lot of people. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. And um, All right. you have a great Sunday. You as well. Have a great Monday. I will indeed. All right. Speak All right. soon. Bye. Bye everybody.